Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan Maganetti. In the last two episodes, we talked about the quantum physicists and their fantastic 40 conclusions and theorems. They were summarized from two books, The Dancing Woodley Masters by Gary Zukov and The Tao of Physics by Fritjof Capra. There were also a number of other books mentioned. Now, the fellows who write these books describing the conclusions are fond of saying that Buddhists and some other Eastern religions have known these things all along. But for most of us in the Western world, though, that doesn't have much significance. To us, what's important is that our smartest, smartest scientists are telling us the world is just not what it seems. And they've got all these scientific, mathematical, Western-based proofs behind their claims. They're telling us that beyond the illusions we are creating, there is no space or time as we know it. There is some sort of consciousness even in the smallest elements of the universe. That the reality we experience is one of an endless number of probable realities. That events don't develop, they just are. That all present, past, and future meet in the now, the present moment. And that movement backward and forward in time is not all that remarkable. Compared to the world we seem to experience every day, it would be easy to conclude all of this sounds like nonsense. Gary Zukov, however, put it all into perspective with his observation that nonsense is merely something that doesn't fit into the prearranged patterns we have superimposed on reality. He pointed out that we simply haven't yet found a point of view from which it makes sense. But when we do, as science is continually doing with information that once would have been considered nonsense, then it's no longer nonsense. In fact, in an interesting and significant uh, book, The Living Energy Universe by Gary Schwartz and Linda Rusek, R-U-S-S-E-K, this book presents for the first time a sound scientific basis for the theory that everything, every cell, molecule, photon, and even energy itself is conscious and has memory. Many scientists doubt it, but none can dispute the logic of their theory. With no one able to refute the theory, it's reasonable to accept it as scientifically valid. It's also then reasonable to accept that there may well be a sound scientific basis for accepting some, some of its immediate implications. And what are they? Well, some of them are that everything has information stored in it, that it has learned, that no creative consciousness can die and that therefore the belief in consciousness surviving what we call death has a scientific basis. Now, the authors attempt to make the book understandable to a layman, and they do a pretty good job of it. Two of the most striking and easily understood examples they provide are worth noting. Uh, the first <coughs> concerns our hearts, and it's based on material from two books, one by William Novak, titled A Change of Heart, and the other by Paul Pearsall, titled The Heart's Code. They give examples of people who received transplanted hearts and subsequently took on some of the personality traits of the person whose heart was donated. A health-conscious woman, for example, a former dancer who was not a drinker, immediately developed a craving for fried chicken. 
uh, and beer after a heart-lung transplant. She had a dream in which a man who said his name was Tim told her he loved her and entered her through her lungs. The dream led to her uh, tracking down the parents of the man whose heart and lungs she had received, where she learned that his name was indeed Tim and that he loved chicken nuggets and beer. Uh, another more troubling example uh, was that of an eight-year-old girl who started having nightmares after receiving the heart of a 10-year-old girl. The nightmares were about the murder of the girl who was the donor. When the girl who was the recipient was able to describe to the police the murderer and how the murder took place, the police were subsequently able to find the murderer. So there you have two examples which logically lead you to conclude that our hearts do indeed have memory. Uh, this, <clears throat> the second dramatic and easily understood example of everything having memory is a scientific experiment. It was described in detail in Schwartz and Rusek's book. It was performed by Dr. Brevin Reed, who published his findings in 1987 in the Journal of Biological Physics. Its significance uh, lies first in the fact that albumin crystals, now albumin is a, a simply a protein that's commonly found in blood plasma. Right? So the significance of the experiment lies first in the fact that albumin crystals appeared in a beaker solution where there had been none previously, after it was connected by an electrical circuit, using a battery as the power source and gold wires as electrodes, to another beaker, in which the solution did contain albumin. There was no way to explain this physically. In other words, there was no way you could explain how the beaker that had no albumin crystals had them when there was no physical connection to the one that did have the uh, albumin crystals. But even more curious and more interesting from the perspective of universal living memory theory, once a battery was used in this experiment, it caused albumin crystals to appear when neither beaker contained albumin. The clear implication is somehow the memory of albumin crystals was stored in the battery, even though there was never any physical connection between the albumin and the battery. There is no accepted physical explanation for that. It reinforces the author's living energy universe theory with solid scientific evidence. Another fascinating book is Future Memory by P.M.H. Atwater. For several decades, she was a respected authority and a leading authority uh, into near-death experiences and consciousness research. She subsequently uh, wrote many other books, but in the book Future Memory, she provided evidence in everyday physical life that supports the fantastic theories of the quantum physicists. She gives several examples of instances where she and others actually experience in detail things that are going to happen in the future, and they remember them, so that when these events actually occur, they already know what is going to happen. She's not talking about simply knowing something will happen, but actually experiencing it ahead of time, just as you and I are experiencing our presence at this moment. Now, Atwater addresses the fact that you can intervene and change what you have experienced. She also describes the work of Jack Houck, H-O-U-C-K, a systems engineer in the aerospace industry, who researched consciousness extensively and had written several papers. 
he talks about a simultaneous everywhere, simultaneous everywhere model of consciousness in which all information from any time exists at once and can be accessed by anyone, anywhere. He also talks about how you can use your own willpower to change how you experience the event you've already experienced, but that when you do, all the probable futures for everyone and everything associated with the event have to be reshuffled, quote, to become new sets of wave functions, close quote. It sounds a bit like number eight of the Fantastic 40, doesn't it? And number eight, if you remember, was the many worlds uh, theory of quantum mechanics. And like the, uh, it also sounds like the timeline event management uh, that Bruce Moen wrote about in his third book, and we'll be, re uh, we'll be talking about that later when we talk about Bruce. That was timeline event management. Now, Atwater maintained that the ability to experience the future is possible for almost anyone, and recounts the instructions of another aerospace employee, a James Van Avery, who was a senior electronics design specialist. <clears throat> he uh, was able to develop future memory. He claims his technique is designed to allow you to find awareness the only possible way on your own. In introducing his instructions, she said she offered them, quote, in recognition of the many people who have been able to replicate his claim using the method he developed. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Atwater subsequently uh, wrote many other books and in those books uh, made claims similar to what the helpful dead have told us about reality. Well, that concludes our discussion of memory and how our hearts have memory. In our next session, we'll start talking about psychics, and we'll talk first about Emanuel Swedenborg from Sweden. Once again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.